Global from Asia episode 395, so close to 400. This is FBA 2023. We had our first meetup for many years at Global from Asia here in Chiang Mai. And this is a recording about what we've gone through as a community the last couple of years in e-commerce and what we think is the future in this year and beyond. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. We are rocking and rolling, rocking and rolling. It's smoky season here in Chiang Mai, which is, you know, some of you know, not the most fun time to be here, but we have so many amazing things going on and just push it forward. It's, it's March. March, mid-March, and what's happening is, this episode is a long one. I, I mean, I was talking quite a bit. It was our first meetup since COVID here in Chiang Mai at the Hub 53 co-working. It was a really full house, almost standing room. They were bringing chairs in from other, other rooms at the space. It was really exciting times, and we recorded it because people were even asking on Facebook and social media, oh, can we watch this? Can we check it out, get the recording? This is a recording. Also, we got stuff going on. Cross-Border Summit, save the date, November 16, 17, 18 here in Chiang Mai. People have been messaging me all over the place about it. Save the date, get on an email list. We're going to keep this one more quality and private. So that's the tidbit there. Let's tune into the show. Again, if you want the show notes, the video, the audio, whatever else, the slides, globalformasia.com slash FBA 2023. Let's go. Are you looking for a cross-border logistics company from Asia to the East and the West? Then look no further. Cross-Better Logistics is a solution for you. From ocean shipping to air freight, from factory to 3PL warehouse, Amazon FBA, and Walmart. Cross Better Logistics is an experienced service provider for e-commerce sellers and B2B traders on TPS Trade. As a GFA Partner Level Sponsor, let them know we sent you and they'll take care of you. Check them out at www.crossbetter.com today. All right, so today we're talking about e-commerce changes since the pandemic and AI. And I'm really excited. We're here in Chiang Mai. We just are restarting these FDA meetups. It's Saturday, the last Saturday of January, 2023. So a little bit about, about what I do or we do. Global From Asia is the podcast in the community. We have memberships. There's a few books I've written and we're actually just getting these events started up again called Cross Border Summit. I lived in Chiang Mai in 2018 and 19. I lived in Shenzhen, China from 2007 to 2017, and most of this was done in China, but we're doing more of this in Chiang Mai, Thailand, hopefully. Well, so this is one of my brands. I have four brands on Amazon. So this is Excalibur Brothers. We launched this brand just during COVID, so it's not, it's not like a, uh, been a long time. So I thought it would be relevant to show you. Maybe we could pass it around. I also do insert cards. We do heavy branding and packaging. This is made in China, but I think some of you know I also make, make and sell some products in Thailand. Two brands are in Thailand and two are in China. So this is a men's flask, and the brand name is Excalibur Brothers. It's all on Amazon only. We have a website, but we just drive the traffic to Amazon. I'm familiar with WooCommerce and Shopify, but 
We can talk about strategies, but I, I recommend one channel first until you're established enough then to go multi-channel. Of course, I've done multi-channel, but it's a lot, so I like to just drive the traffic to one, either Shopify or Shopping Cart or Amazon. So we take the web traffic and drive it to Amazon. I don't know if... So this is the flask, and this is a... Maybe keep the packaging. This is a leather glass case for reading, reading glasses. So it's a nice little gift. These are written towards or targeting men's gift. Actually, it's women buying it for men is the target, in my opinion. Because I think women are the biggest buyers on e-commerce and they're looking for gifts for their boyfriend or their husband or their father. So we are kind of like targeting that. That's why the packaging is very, I believe, very important. So like, you know, if you're looking to do a, I joke, but I think of my father when I was a kid and we we're going to like Toys R Us or a store and he's like, driving back pissed that he bought all this toys that I wanted and he's like it's just packaging from Japan damn Japanese selling all these products in America packaging it's just packaging and I'm like and I remember that but it I mean actually it's expensive packaging is not not even cheap really <laughs> and I think it stands out when your listings even people looking at it now right this is a presentation of the product so a bit about about me. So I've done a lot of interviews with Chinese sellers. We've done events with Chinese sellers and Western sellers. I really like the idea of bringing multiple cultures. I really welcome the different Thai people here. I know I'm speaking in English, but I, I want to try to bridge more local sellers or local business people in Thailand, not just nomads or Westerners. I hope this event can bring more local businesses. And I've written a few books. I just had these printed on demand here recently while I got back. But one of my favorite book that I've written is The E-Commerce Gladiator. So this talks about my experiences selling on Amazon. We built a brand to sale. So I started it. Well, I was in Chiang Mai, I started it. Or maybe I started it in China, but I did this mostly in Chiang Mai. And that's me with some of the partners. And uh, it's basically a story, but it also teaches you as I go through it. So each chapter is a different part of the process. And then uh, at the end of each chapter, I give tips and action points. <laughs> it's the minimum to get into Kindle. No, I, I think it's like 40,000 words. And uh, I have others more about China startups and Hong Kong business. But if you want one, I, I'm not really trying to sell it. I might give one or two away, but they're kind of a pain in the butt to print in Thailand. So they're on Amazon. And then this is one brand that we built to sell, Sisitano. So we sold this to an aggregator in 2018, 2019. So it was a uh, mocha pot. And uh, it's actually, I documented most of it on my, in the book, but also in my podcast. And we can talk about that. That's made in Zhejiang province, China. And then this is what you're looking at if it's going around the room. This is the, uh, another brand we're building semi-publicly on our podcast called Excalibur Brothers. So we're just going to start a shot glass set after Chinese New Year, which is kind of finishing this week. Next week, China kind of opens again next week, kind of. So hopefully we can place the order for this. That's the flask that's going around, polishing cloths for wine, for wine glasses stuff like that 
So yeah, I mean, I try to make this as action-packed as possible. I've done a whole bunch of workshops and training and, and, and uh, speaking and, you know, people like it. I'm trying to give, you know, I'm, I'm just going to try to give as much information as I can. And uh, so yeah, I take notes. I don't mind interrupting me, so I hope, don't be shy. If, if you want to clarify something while I'm talking, you don't got to wait till the end. And I hope you can take some action from what we learn. So this is going to be more of a talk, but then we go around the room. So we'll have some time for you to ask questions. But don't be, I want this to be interactive. So what we're going to cover is starting 2020. And it's also, I like to have my story involved with the learning. So it's going to be kind of like a little bit of my experience with what happened in the industry. So we're going to start from 2020, the warehouse and the logistics crisis. Maybe, maybe we can get some insights from others here. The shift of brick and mortar to, to e-commerce during COVID, investors' money flow, aggregators, 2023 AI, and then some predictions of what's going to happen. So I look really scared. Everybody's laughing. This, I do look, I do, I was kind of scared. That was live TV. I was in Manila, Philippines in March, 2020. It's on, it's on my blog, it's on, it's on Yahoo Finance. They found me on like LinkedIn and they asked me to talk about how COVID was affecting Chinese logistics from Amazon. And all they cared about on live Yahoo Finance was China. How did COVID affect China and the logistics in China? I was like, man, this is not just China. I think I said it, it was like a five, six minute video clip. I said, you know, I'm, obviously I'm scared as heck. You know, it's like three o'clock in the morning because it was live. <laughs> so I was like dead tired and I was scared and my light and my internet was really bad in the Philippines. So, but at the end I said, I don't think you should just talk, ask me about how COVID is affecting China. I think this is a global thing. But even in March, 2020, they were, Yahoo Finance is only talking about COVID in China, right? Nobody was talking about it affecting outside early. So it was still like, I feel like that was a big issue is a lot of society didn't really feel like it was an affect them. It was just about COVID in China and the logistics in China. And then, and then I remember everybody started selling PPE. I think we have some WeChat groups, even for this group, there's a WeChat group. Some of you want to join Ivan. Does anybody know? I know you guys remember Ivan. Some of you remember Ivan. Ivan started selling masks. You know, it was an FBA meetup. Every FBA seller I knew started selling PPE. Like I even started selling PPE. Wendy, there's my wife, Wendy. She's also from China. And we, she's like, everybody just started selling masks. It was just total insanity. Everybody that was doing trading, e-commerce, B2B started selling masks. It's just like the world's over. We gotta go like mercenary, renegade, like make money now, sell masks. Like every seller, every FBA trading group, I was selling masks. It was just total insanity. Hello, hello. It was just total insanity. And uh, you know, so I'm gonna try to put some quotes. I, I, I take quotes from people in the community. So Sandra, she, she has a startup, Nat Bay, which is a Thailand e-commerce luxury platform. And she was just saying, like, everybody was searching masks or, or creams, you know? So it was also just because that's what everybody was looking for, right? I have friends that were even in these meetups in Chiang Mai. They sold travel products. Like, one, one guy's product line was neck pillows for traveling. And he's like, Mike, nobody's buying neck pillows for traveling. The world's off. 
Like it was like, I, my business is just like on pause. So I'm just going to sell masks. Everybody was just, just going nuts. Like, what am I going to, what am I going to? Oh, they did. Government stopped just selling masks. They couldn't make them. That's it. Oh no. Yeah, they, they, the government said no export of the masks, mm. and he saw. So we just had to not make it. We just lost a whole huge amount. This government is a bit crappy. Mm. They shut the paper out as well for the last twelve months. Since I've been to Everything else is you can't sell them. You can't sell them. You can't make it. You can make it sell here. You can't make it. You've got half a dozen miles. Yeah. Not, not the cheap ones. I'm talking about the, the going out ones. I think, I think we're also all learning. I mean, also, I'm, I, I'm not talking about much today, but I've been getting even more into crypto and Web3. I, I don't really have much in today's talk. But, I mean, I really feel like we learned a lot about what governments are do, doing to like kind of control I don't know I don't want to sound like some kind of conspiracy theory person but you know I don't know if it was just always like this since we were since forever or it's just it's just more clear I think it's just picked up right yeah 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 yeah, well, uh, we can save that for after, <laughs> for afterwards. But yeah, I'm, I'm on that side of the fence too. But uh, so this is a podcast I did with Ivan, Ivan Ten. So he was, him and I were kind of co-organizing these meetups for a year or two together in in Hub 53. And so he's like, Mike, we need to sell masks. We need to sell masks. Everyone needs masks. You know, he's a Singaporean and. He's in Singapore now, but uh, so we had a cool episode if you're curious. But I just remember it was just such a surreal feeling in March, April, May, 2020. Like it just, I, so my story is you saw I was in Philippines. My, my wife and kids were in China. We went back to China after Christmas, 2019. We, we, we moved out of our house in Chiang Mai, put our stuff in various friends storage, planning to come back in six months. So we leave and then we get stuck out as soon as we left. And I was almost separated from my family. I have friends separated from their families for years. Hello. And uh, it was just a nuts time. And then who remembers Amazon's inventory limits? Yeah, Eric, I know he's dealing. We, we, so the, the really the scariest, I think it was Friday the 13th, March 2020. And I was getting kicked out of an Airbnb in Cebu, Philippines, because they wouldn't let me stay longer because they had somebody else there, but I had nowhere to go and I couldn't get on a flight. So I was getting kind of kicked out of an Airbnb about 12 noon on March 13th, 2020, which is Friday, trying to urgently book a shipping plan to get my products to go into Amazon because rumor was, and it was a true rumor, that they're gonna freeze inbound shipments. We had containers in China that we had already prepared to send. And I don't know if we got all of our shipping plans in on time. This is when I was with an aggregator after selling my brand. But it was just total nuts. Like every WeChat group, Facebook group, we're all just going crazy because we couldn't get our shipping plans into Amazon in time before they closed inbound shipments. I forgot how long they locked all inbound shipments, but it was a while you couldn't even book a shipping plan. So for those that don't know, shipping plans when you just tell Amazon 
I know some people ask me what FBA is. So FBA means fulfilled by Amazon. So it basically means you just send the products into Amazon in bulk, like cartons or, or more. And then when they get the customer to buy it, especially Amazon Prime, a lot of people in the US use Prime. It ships from, from their Amazon warehouse by the Amazon worker. So you as a seller don't need to do anything after we deliver it to Amazon. But if you can't get your shipment in, like they were blocked, you run out of stock. It's one of the, not the worst, but it's one of the worst things that can happen as a seller because it kind of interrupts your whole, your, your ranking, your sales velocity, your other kind of stats. So you, usually sellers don't want to run out of stock at, at all costs. That flask that's going around, we jacked, the, this Christmas we almost run out of stock, but we, we brought the price up from, I think it was around $16. It was up to $35 and still selling. No PPC. Christmas, like December 10th, 11th. We're trying to slow down sales and they were still selling. You just try to stay in, at least my strategy is to try to stay in stock. So you bring price up to try to slow down sales, but sales are still coming. And anyways, we can talk about that more, but basically you just try to stay in stock. So of course, if, you, if you're running low on stock and you didn't put your shipping plans in, you're kind of like frozen. You're not gonna get, yes? I couldn't help it, so, so now I'm still, it kept, it kept increasing the sales, the, the sale price and the sales kept going up. So now, what's the current price? Is it that 16 or is it 35 or what's the price now? So right now, it's still at around 35, I believe. We're still waiting for a restock to come in. We got it right before Chinese New Year started. We, we used the faster ocean shipping to get it there. But yeah, we still kept it high. So once you put it in stock, will you keep it at the high price? It's a great question. We're discussing that. We, we were always trying to be a premium, premium price product brand, Excalibur Brothers. Mm, but while there are sales, it's still not as good of a, it's not as, we want higher turnover than where it is now. So I think it's doing one or two or three a day in sales, but we, we want to get higher turnover. Because if we could do higher volume, we can get lower price from the buy side. And then, so I think we're going to probably bring, we're thinking around under 30, like high 20s as our average price. But the same happened with other products I've, I've done in Christmas. And I think other sellers do that too. Is Actually, fourth quarter is when you make your money. So, And what also happens is other competitors are running out of stock too. So the customers have less choice because maybe their competitors also out of stock. So if you are able to stay in stock, the customer has less choice and they have to pay a higher price. So yeah, the, the flask. So yeah, the inventory was just really, really crazy. And then now it's even still a problem. I mean, I, Shane invited me to a, a dinner with some Amazon that came to Chiang Mai and they asked like, What's the one thing that Amazon can do to help? Increase inventory limit. Like, that's it, right? I think you know that. Yeah. I'll just interject here. Yeah, please, Eric. I have this. I, I have one product that has four sizes, and two of the sizes had, one of the sizes had run out completely, and it was the one that was selling best. I actually had a private warehouse send in two cartons to Amazon. Amazon lost them. I've never gotten them back, resulting in several thousand dollars of losses. Mm -hmm. And recently I got a new shipment 
created, I went back to my supplier after like a year or two, said, she, I was able to negotiate a lower price and, and I created a new size. So I saw those inventory limits and they said I could, sell, I could send like 20, something like that, which is ridiculous. So I just thought, okay, I'm gonna try and get more in. So just to address your question, instead of a, an inventory limit of, of nine, I sent 25. And instead of an inventory limit of 25, I sent 75. They accepted it without any question. Mm. So that's the good news. That's great. And, and I had two other products that had no inventory at all. I sent in 100 each of those. I, I don't know how they would sell, but at least I'm able to get enough product in there to satisfy demand. Yeah, so, so one big thing that's changed, you know, with Amazon, I'd say since 2020 is, is you need, almost need 3PL now. I mean, right? Before coronavirus, you could just mostly send full container. I, I think, I mean, I remember sending containers into Amazon. Now it's like you got it, they're so, so limited. So you almost have to either send less from like Asia, if you're sending from China or Thailand, or you have to send it to a third party. 3PL, I, I, I'm gonna, Somebody can just tell me, don't be shy. 3PL means third-party logistics. That means a warehouse that's not yours, and, I'm, and I guess I'm, the assumption is not Amazon. So even Amazon technically is a 3PL, but when we say 3PL, we mean non-FBA and not your warehouse. Of course, if you live in the U.S., you can have your, you can turn your garage. Actually, a lot of my friends became 3PLs in the U.S. They, they weren't 3PLs, but they, they just said, hey, I got, they're in like WeChat groups or Facebook groups. They're like, all of a sudden they're like a 3PL because they have space, basically. And they, you can just send your stuff to them. I think Eric sent some to, to Andy or, everybody's trying to be a 3PL because of COVID and because of Amazon's policies. And it makes costs more because you gotta send something from like say Thailand or China to a 3PL, they take money to receive it, they take money to store it, they take money to ship it, and then Amazon takes money to receive it, to store it, to ship it, right? And I'm not even talking about the trade wars and the tariffs. That was, that was before coronavirus. We didn't, I'm not talking about that today, but that was another thing. Can you clarify a little bit? Yes, please. So 3PL is when you ship it and then you have to again send it to Amazon? So I'll go, through the, I'll go through the workflow. So Amazon, the, normally a new seller account. So if you apply for Amazon now and you get approved, normally you get a thousand unit limit on the normal size product. There's other categories, but most likely you're going to be like that the medium like the flask or most products are within this like average product size there's oversized there's food and there's other categories but mostly you're going to be this one category and mostly you get a thousand units so maybe you're not going to send them more than a thousand maybe that's enough for you but sometimes what happens is i had one brand that went from five thousand limit to one thousand limit and we were over by 500 units and we were already planning to ship a thousand units in so you're, you got this red thing on Amazon saying you're over our inventory limits. And then you're like, wait, I'm about to ship a thousand units from DHL from Thailand because we do air. And it's like, no, you can't send it now. And they just, they just randomly changed the limits. 
it, it says based on private previous sales of previous months, but they have some kind of secret formula of how they decide how much inventory limit to give your account. And the other reason is Amazon's, because of COVID, they had issues. Every business had issues. They had lack of workers. They had issues, you know, labor. There was a lot of stuff you saw in the news, like there's, you know, Amazon is evil because it makes people work when they have, and there's coronavirus. Coronavirus is spreading in the FBA Amazon warehouses. You'd see news of these things. So Amazon had to close warehouses or Amazon had to have less workers or, so it's, it's not like they didn't, they didn't want to, but they had to like cut back on how much they could receive. And it seems like it's still staying now. I mean, it's, I've been dealing with it still. I don't know if it seems like everybody's still dealing with it. So you just, before coronavirus, there was, seems like there was really no limit of what you could send. Now you gotta play with this limit. So what happens if you get more than, if you have more that you wanna send than they can take, your choices are keep it in Asia, like keep it here in Thailand, keep it in China, and send just what you can send. The other choice is send all of it, but you can't go direct to Amazon anymore, send it to a third party logistics or 3PL, and they can hold some and then they can send the other to Amazon. All right, so that's what that's what's kind of happening. So you could also, you know, like you could also use that to send on Shopify. You know, they might have a, they might be able to do Shopify sales, or you could also ship. I mean, there is so much to cover. I don't mind the shares. Just that there, you could do FBM fulfilled by merchant. So that's where this 3PL or UU could send it direct. I think I think some you do FPM. So I use that, I can just log it once more, it comes in, the sale comes in, just click it onto FBA, go onto the okay. customer, it costs me the same amount yeah. to send it from here as it does FBA, Oh. but it gets there in four days, and here it takes 10 to 14, yep. so it's a really bad Valentine day is coming up, so I'm probably going to Oh yeah, you still got it. It's pretty good for me. So actually, it just doesn't work, but you kind of got to think of how fast you want. Like, he's, he, if you heard, he sells lingerie from Thailand, made here. It's pretty cool. I visited, he manufactures it here. Of course, Valentine's is coming. If you send from a U.S. warehouse, whether it's Amazon or others, it obviously gets to the U.S. customer faster. If you ship from Thailand direct to the customer, it takes like 10, 14 days. And you don't have to have Amazon boxes now. Okay. Interesting. I didn't even know that. I wonder if you can do that for Walmart. Because I know Walmart, for example, doesn't allow or didn't allow you to use FBA because they don't want their customers to see FBA. Yeah. You know, it's, wouldn't it be weird you buy something on walmart.com and it says Amazon? So you, I know some sellers got in trouble because if you use FBA fulfillment for Amazon, Walmart, they'd, be, they'd maybe ban your account. But I guess he's saying that now they can do it where it doesn't look like it's Amazon's branding. You've got your own, you've got your own website, you don't want to come from Amazon. Just so, so if you use, like, 
fulfillment by Amazon to fulfill like to orders outside of Amazon. Amazon lets yeah, you yeah. select yeah. that you want to play yeah. box and USPS yeah. in the US. Yeah. Okay. So if you've got it, you got it in Amazon, you're selling on Amazon. Yeah. But you can also sell off your website. Yeah, yeah. And off Etsy if you've got. Well, Etsy used to be handmade. It's all rubbish now. Yeah, yeah. It used to be, and uh, it's mostly off Shein. Uh, you see 50 different same pieces. Yeah, so you can use Amazon to fulfill all your own stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. How, how do you do you upload your orders to Multichannel Fulfillment then from a spreadsheet from when, when it says the Shopify or Yeah, no, I just I just I just send it send it in FBA and then you have an option when you when you go your stock when you get just when you when you got your stock. Yeah, uh, you have an option right at the top left hand corner. Press it down. It says. I mean, yeah, he's asked, I think he's asking, are you connecting automatically? Are you uploading a spreadsheet? If you have inventory in Amazon and it doesn't sell fast enough, yeah. then you have to pay store, extra storage fee penalties just for because it isn't selling fast They're enough. actually changing the storage limits. I don't know if you're aware in March, they're changing it, and you can actually bid. To actually have more stock to be sent. Oh well. Wow. And it's good for new sellers in many ways because they're allowing new sellers to send in what they like. Yeah. For those not following exactly what's happening, it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Now he's talking about you can bidding for more warehouse space in Amazon. He's saying you can ship on Etsy without Amazon branding. This is kind of all somewhat developed, I think, during at least in the last couple of years. This is all kind of new. And maybe it wouldn't have been happen wouldn't have happened as much with COVID or not, but I feel like a lot of it was because of COVID. But what happens is companies get comfortable with these policies and the COVID goes away and they're like, wait, this is work, so we make more money. <laughs> we can bid now. We can let people bid for storage. So I feel like, you know, businesses, whether it's Amazon or anybody, learns maybe new ways to make money. But the, basically the summary is you can't can't just send a container in or can't just not care and think, send it. Also, like Eric says, you get penalized if it doesn't sell fast enough. They have scores like IPI, inventory performance indicator, and then they charge more. So yeah, it's getting more and more comp, comp complicated and expensive and competitive. Well, I think I'll save some of this for later on the strategies, but this is what's been happening since since COVID. This inventory limits, inventory delays, and uh, this is just some clips. I did like a, I did the videos while I was traveling, but it was just like, it was just like chaos. Like people were just selling masks, giving up on their FBA business. People were, you know, it, it just felt that was mostly in, up until the summer of 2020. I'd say it was really, really crazy. So this, some of you maybe know him. I think he's in South Thailand. I, I just got quotes over the years. He was doing more performance marketing. But he was also doing China drop shipping. I mean, a lot of people were doing drop ship, like on AliExpress or other platforms, you know, Shopify, Facebook ads. I mean, I don't want to be. I'm not. I'm not a big drop shipper. As of course, this is FBA meetup. I I more do inventory and private label. But it got really, really, really in a bad spot. I was in a meetup like this in Manila, Philippines, sharing, and a, a big drop shipper. He was from, he was a local top Filipino seller. He says, Mike, I have thousands of orders 
processed and paid, but the China dropshipper can't ship because of coronavirus, what do I do? I said, how do they pay you? PayPal. <laughs> Somebody said, I said, refund, man. Refund, refund, cancel refund. If you want your account, if you want your account, you cancel that, in my opinion. I don't know if people here have their own opinion, but PayPal will just freeze your account and steal the money. They will just freeze it. It's their money. PayPal is evil. Do not keep a lot of money in PayPal. They steal it. It's theirs. There's even a new policy that came out during coronavirus. If you see something on social media that goes against PayPal's policies, they can freeze your account. Like if you say something about like what we're talking about, maybe a, a government or vaccines or something, and PayPal doesn't like it, they'll just freeze your account. It's it's not a bank. It's it's a private company. So they. Yeah, I don't keep much in PayPal. Honestly, when I I, I get PayPal payments, I it's like my like kind of like I buy I use spend as fast as I can. I pay with PayPal on the other side. I don't keep a balance. I have friends that lose thousands, tens of thousands. That's good. Just put it on my website. Nice. Yeah. Two Yeah, two checkouts has been around a while. But yeah, he was saying, you know, like, because a lot of times people, even they're doing FBA or they're doing dropship or they're doing affiliate marketing, it's it was just affecting every everybody. And then of course, ocean shipping, because of all the masks, ocean shipping. I don't know if you want to share how much they were paying, but it went from like. So ocean shipping usually is called LCL or FCL. So LCL is less than container load. Like uh, containers are 40 foot. Those trucks you see on the highways with the ocean China shipping or whatever on it. Those are 40 feet long. There's a little bit of differences in sizes, but generally 40 feet. So most of you, if you're a new seller, you'll do a less than container. So maybe you'll do pallets. And then others will do FCL, which is like a full container. So you'll fill that whole truck with your stuff. So a full container, maybe he could, he could share some quotes, but they, they used to kind of be, I did a lot from China. Usually it was like $2,000, $3,000 to Los Angeles from South China. It got up to like $25,000. Or the Panama Canal, it got one of those things went sideways. And they all got it was just a true nightmare that was kind of also during the masks and PPE but then it's coming coming down I think like mid to late last year it's coming back down it's been dropping a lot and my I'd love to hear others but it's been dropping a lot when I just did my recent shipments the prices were Farmer, they were reasonable. They were like what they were before COVID. So for me, I had one of the brands. It was a Thailand brand I was going to launch. He's in Hua Hin. It's a factory. We delayed because we were going to ship, but it was like maybe four thousand. It's a little bit more from Thailand to U.S. than China to U.S. At least in my experience. And it was going to be like four or five thousand, but then it jumped up to twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars because we're going to do a full two containers, actually. So I, I'm actually, he was more the investor, factory partner. I, I was more the market. I'm, we're still working on it, but we've, we delayed it until last summer. 
We just kept his stuff in the factory. All packaged, branded, just sat in his warehouse. He's like, Mike, we're not gonna launch, I'm not gonna spend $40,000 on shipping two containers. We'll just, we'll, but honestly, we were a little bit blessed. I know it sounds horrible, but we were blessed because we didn't start. The people that were already starting, you, what's your choice? You already have your launch, your products, you have your, your sales velocity. Do you just stop? So a lot of sellers just had to pay. It's your choices, play or not play. There was like, you know, close. So I mean, you know, so that was really, really, really painful. And some of the aggregators, I work with a lot of aggregators are like, I mean, that's just for Amazon. Aggregators basically buy a lot of sellers or any kind of businesses. An aggregator means basically buy and they consolidate. So there's, we'll talk about that in a second. But they had locked in long-term rates with the shipping. There was one German aggregator and he was, even during the heights of COVID, was only paying like $2,000 for a container. I was like, how are you doing that? He's like, oh, we locked in long-term rates. I was like, can you, can you give me that? But I don't know if he wasn't willing or able, but he says it would be hard because his company has the contract with the shipping company. Does the price modulate the value of the product? Or no, the it doesn't matter what you put in there, as far as, far as I understand. It's just the, 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 the thing. You just pay more for the insurance if you insure your products and the value is higher. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if some of you know, he's in Bangkok, Zach, but he also has high ticket drop shipping he does a lot. And he kind of took a pause. He, we're all just trying to do different businesses. He was also, he also got stuck out of China as a, he had left during COVID and couldn't get back in. So he was in Thailand. So he started doing high ticket drop shipping, but it was really annoying because he would spend a lot on AdWords or Facebook ads to get the customer. And then the, the drop shipper says, I don't have it, right? <laughs> so I just spent like $100 or $200 to acquire this customer that paid, but you got a refund, right? So, you know, he was getting really frustrated with that. Gautier has been here, he's been some meetups. But uh, yeah, like he says, the shipment has not even left the warehouse in Guangzhou, right? So his products were made, but he just couldn't get it to leave. He couldn't get it to go. Because a lot of times the other sad fact was small sellers or smaller people, smaller businesses were put lower on the priority. Because the factory or the shipping company, if they have to choose between a, a big client or a small client, you know, I think you understand they would just prioritize the, the bigger client. So, yeah, I mean, this is just just happening. Renault, he's he's a, got a good feast, but you know, he a lot of factories just closed and gave up, or a lot of factories just did masks and then they 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 they, they kind of gave up. Not totally related, but. The brand, I started with the Hua Hin factory in Thailand. He didn't take my business proposal to partner with me on the brand before COVID. He came to me during COVID because he says his customers, his B2B customers are going bankrupt. A lot of distributors, all these kind of middlemen, they were all just getting cut out. So now during coronavirus, it's like F to C, factory to consumer. This is becoming accelerated because those distributors, the importers, they just got squeezed out because they couldn't afford the shipping, they couldn't get priority of 
you know, inventory. So this has all just been happening. So people are just, yeah, so me, basically there's so much fear and, and scare. <laughs> For me, I just, you know, I was stuck in Manila. I think I went a little bit longer. Ralph, he's, I just saw him. He's in Vietnam in here. But, you know, there's just like, just lots and lots of delays in manufacturing. You know, you know, multiple months, weeks, you know, it could, it does, the cycle's already a, a long term. Nate, I think probably some of you know Nate, but uh, yeah, he works a lot of newer sellers, Sellerplex. But you know, launching, especially launching during coronavirus, was so hard. And you know, you're just—it's already hard, hard enough to launch. But when you got these unpredictable shipping rates and inventory limits, and uh, you know, and a consumer, consumer up, you know, index, you know, discretionary income. So. But what happened was there was this mask thing and everybody stopped doing being a seller, but then everybody realized people were going to buy online. Stores are going bankrupt. Brick and mortar is going bankrupt. Malls are going bankrupt. Everybody's going to Amazon. Everybody's going to like Shopify or shopping carts. Then this, it's kind of like what happened during the, uh, in China, the Taobao really went, grew a lot during, man, I'm even forgetting what that was called. The first virus, like in 2003, SARS. SARS is when I think e-commerce got really big in China because they couldn't easily go to stores or markets. They had to buy online. So this is kind of what felt like a lot of my friends said, old people in America that never buy online had to figure out how to use their computer and buy online because they had to buy online. They didn't have a choice. So it was just this huge surge of people buying online on e-commerce. And then, uh, yeah, we're just trying to stay in stock. Chris Davey. He, he does a lot of great meetups and he's been selling for many years. But yeah, you're just trying to stay in stock longer. You're just trying to stay in stock. You know, like I said, with the Christmas and increasing the price, you know, because you, you know if you run out of stock and then you got to get it from, you know, from China to the US and the ocean and the receiving. So you're just trying to stay in stock. So that's me. I got back into China and I had to go into a quarantine bus. I had to go to a quarantine hotel for two weeks while I was trying to do this. And then there was this huge surge of investors, right? And they were buying everything, every seller brand. They were trying to buy everything. Like I was doing consulting and working with these guys and I was speaking at events about it. I think I show it. Yeah, so I was doing a meetup in, in, in Shenzhen to sellers about valuing your business and how to get more valuation for your company. And the multiples went crazy. And I, I added this after, but not just for the buyouts, but for the PPC. I, I talked to some other sellers. So PPC is pay per click. It's basically like you're bidding for a keyword on Amazon or Google or Facebook, well, not really Facebook, but anywhere. You're trying to be at the top of the paid ads. So these aggregators had so much money. So aggregators are like investors. And then everybody, I, I saw so many pitch decks. Pitch decks are like, you know, trying to raise money. And there are these finance people in like London, New York, Silicon Valley. They didn't even know how to sell on Amazon. <laughs> they just knew how to get investor money. And then they were buying all these Amazon or e-commerce brands in the last, they're still around, but it was just insanity in 2020, 2021, a little bit, it started to drop at the beginning of 2022, but they were spending tons of money buying, buying businesses. So business, usually an Amazon seller could sell his business for two, maybe to three times yearly 
discretionary earnings. It's called SDE. So again, I mean, I can't teach or explain everything, but that went up to like five, six, seven, eight. At one point, it was, it's depending on, they were really just trying to buy out all of them to get not let the competitors buy those brands. And I still believe in the model. I mean, it does make sense to kind of roll up because look at how much work it is to do this, you know? And then if you can get bigger, you can get your price down of your shipping. You can get your price down from the factory. You can use the same marketing team, the same content team, right? So you can get that scale. But they were just battling it with each other and just driving the prices high. But I don't want to just say of the, the buyout price, but also the, the ads. So some of my other friends, they said they just couldn't do PPC on some of the main keywords because competitors were just going, losing money. They're basically just losing money on sales, paying ads. And I don't know if they either didn't know <laughs> or they just were trying to just dominate or squeeze out the competitors. I mean, sometimes people, a lot of times people on Amazon don't know they're making or losing money. Even I sometimes, because there's so many fees and you got PPC and your product cost and this, fact. I think you guys, you're right? People don't know. But uh, it's, it's a big problem, especially in Europe with VAT, because it's included in the sales price, but like in the US where it's added afterwards. And you need to have like the proper tools and you need to put in all your numbers from every single order and all your costs, because if you don't do that, you're, you're doing something, but you don't know where you're headed. And it's, it's just, true. It's risky. Yeah. I, so like, I don't know if these sellers didn't know they were losing money, just bank, just going high on the PPC or, or they were doing it to purposely try to hurt other sellers and get them to lose money. I don't know, but it was just insanity during that time. So that's a great question. I mean, I, I do have some more introductory type presentations. So of course, here's your your product cost. So you know you buy a, a buy a buy a book for the book costs five dollars, and then I would recommend it four times the price. Personally, I don't know, at least three x what your factory price is. I don't know if others. Just a rule of thumb, you should at least triple or quadruple from factory to, and and people are like, wow, that's so much. But <laughs> Amazon takes a huge chunk of that. The shipping takes a chunk of that. So rule of thumb is, I think, at least three times from factory. Just, in, just to compare, because I used to do B2B, so our retailers will double our wholesale price, so at minimum. So this is very similar. Yeah. So Amazon takes 15% just for making the sale, and then you pay for the shipping. And then you pay for the PPC, and for the PPC, it can wildly differ between, like, if it's below 10%, it's really good. And for some products like supplements or cosmetics, where the sellers think that the customers might buy the product again, it can be over 100% because they're like, yeah, we're actually losing money on those sales, but we hope that once the customer buys like our pill or our cream, that they're gonna buy it again like every month or every two months. And there's huge competition in these niches. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he's, so 15% is their Amazon's fee, like eBay fees, but it's 15%. And then, like, there's PPC. They're making so much money on PPC now. It's like, I think they're like the first or second, maybe the second biggest advertised revenue after Google, maybe, or Facebook. 
but that's even a new ink. I mean, they had PPC before, but but people are just really going crazy on PPC. So that, like you said, it's hard to know because each industry is different. But yeah, 15% off for sure. But then there's also receiving fees. There's there's lots and lots of fees in Amazon. You should really understand the fee structure. So my best thing to tell you is it's called the Amazon Seller Calculator, I think. I forget the FBA, word. Yeah, it's FBA. that goes through everything, your PPC, and then your shipping, and you can actually dictate how much your product is, what your actual profit will be. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't have it here, but if you Google it, you should find it. And then you just put in how much you pay for the product, how much you're going to pay for the advertising, and then if it's FBA or FBM, and then it will give you all the fees and then the price, the profit. Realistically, I was using 50%. It wasn't FBA calculator says 15%, but my bottom line was they were taking 50%. Yeah, I am getting the same. There are a lot of them around half now. Half is Amazon fees from the seller price revenue. Yeah, I mean it sounds high, but if you were to ship yourself, you need to pay the postage, you need to pay the box, the packaging, whatever, and you might come out to something similar, especially if your product is like in the range of like twenty bucks. Also, time time saving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta. You're probably not gonna ship. Well, you that, yourself, you know, pay somebody and, or pay yeah. some. That's, that's why the theme, I kind of save it for later, but you know, like Excalibur Brothers, I, I think you gotta go premium. You don't wanna be the, the cheap price product. You don't wanna compete on price. You don't wanna be a low price person. You wanna be the high priced or at least the middle price in your branding because of all these fees. But you should try to build a brand that's not, people buy it not because you're the cheapest, but because you know they like it or it's good quality so if you're trying to be the cheapest in your industry in your niche you're going to be really tight on your margin but initially if someone has no product or service it's just like to break, break through the well yeah i mean start low, well, yeah. Losing a lot of money, yeah i agree and then slowly like over weeks and months sorry yeah it's, you're right I'm, that's I meant long term like yeah of course for excalibur Bros, when we launched we were doing lower price to to launch but the long-term pricing strategy or your pro your product should be a premium product, in my, opi in my opinion. Uh, of course, everyone has different strategies and depends on the industry. But then there was a collapse of a lot of Amazon aggregators. So they're laying off, they're cutting back, they made a lot of mistakes what they bought, especially in China. I was in China and they're all asking me to help them buy Chinese Amazon sellers. Unfortunately, there was some black hat stuff and some of the accounts either got closed or the reviews got wiped blah 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 there was just a lot of this kind of like I, last year it kind of started drying up all the aggregators i started hiring some of the the workers that they fired you know the people like us that like the hustlers that the grinders like we could kind of pick up some of the good stuff from their destruction of value in my opinion it was unbelievable it's really unbelievable, the aggregator stuff. Was it a quality issue, or was it a... I mean, they, they made a pitch deck, and most of the pitch deck says, we can buy an Amazon business for four to five times yearly earnings, of SDE, and we can raise money from you at 12, and we can IPO at 25. That's basically what they said. I don't know if you understand what I mean. So they, they pay four times earnings from you, they roll it up, they get bigger, and then you know, maybe 12, and then they can get 25 if they go to stock market or they smaller, you know, public 
or there's some I forgot the word. Yeah, yeah. And of course they try to grow the sales. They try. But some of them actually said they don't, they don't, some of them weren't that good. They said, no, we're more going to make money by rolling them up and just saving money and, uh, and cutting cost, like, and maybe driving price down or bundling it up with other shipments. Like they said, like, look, this seller, he does LCL, he does LCL, she does SCL, we do FCL, we buy it, we put it all in one container, we save money. Which makes sense, but they were also just didn't know how to do it. It was so frustrating. I don't know if anybody here knows sellers that sold their brands to these aggregators. They're upset. I mean, it's I even me. Like you look at what they do. They, they didn't know. To, they just destroyed it. Like they would cut stuff out. Like they stopped doing strategies you thought was good. I mean, it's kind of always frustrating to watch. That's why you shouldn't even look at your business after you sell. Yeah, there but yeah, it was really just insane. Oh yeah, sorry. FCL is full container load. LCL is less than container load, so it's like a not the full truck or a container. And then pictures like this, this is, I took this picture myself, right? So, you know, there's these white suit guys. I don't know if that was like that in Chiang Mai. And now it's like the economic depression, right? Everybody's so scared. The economic depression. Man, my battery died. So I think I went over, uh, but it's been interactive. But you know, I think now it's 2023, it's January, almost February. What's the future? What's this year? I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like some of you talked about it already. AI is going to be the new thing. What was it? Just yesterday or two days ago, BuzzFeed, you know BuzzFeed? Yes. Their stock went up like 100 and something percent in one day because they said they're firing all their writers just using AI writers. <laughs> yeah. That was yesterday or the day before. Yeah, BuzzFeed's going to use AI writers. They're going to... So I guess the investors think it's going to save them a lot of money and make a lot of more money. Yeah, look it up. It's true. Except that Google is working to identify AI sites and canceling them. I know you. I, 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 I know that. I don't know if I believe that, though. <laughs> I don't know. It's like AI versus AI, because Google's AI. And, I already, and they're going to be able to tell what's AI? I... I don't know. I don't know if I really. I know that's what they've been saying, but I don't know if I really believe that. Because AI is continually improving. We're teaching it. Every time you search GPT, it's getting smarter. Every single time you search something, it's getting smarter exponentially. And then our whole world is putting searches into it, making it smarter. And it's not ours, it's theirs. And. So I think they're just saying that, but I heard a rumor that Google is lobbying Washington DC to, to try to close ChatGPT. Because they said it's not, it's dangerous. It's a, exactly. It's a huge threat to Google. So I'm using AI and my, my stuff, honestly. It's a bottleneck content, you know, and now I can tell my team to, to use it. And some of my favorite strategies are tone. Tone. So Excalibur Brothers, I fuck with customers now because <laughs> I, I can tell them is a king. I said, tell 
reply to this angry customer that their order was delivered, but we'll still refund them 100%. Dear loyal servant, we are very sorry to hear that your delivery has not arrived to you at the time that you would prefer. And my royal courts will give you the money back what X. La, 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 la. And I fuck with people because I just, I just say, like, reply is a king, medieval king, this. Bam. And then some other hacks. Some other, I'm actually going to do that in my listings. And then another hack is, I learned this from somebody else last week. You copy your top Amazon customer review. So if you sell women's products like, like, like him and you're not a woman, you can copy the review of the woman that wrote about your product and say, dear ChatGPT, you know, yeah, write this product description in this tone. And it writes it like a woman, yeah. that in the tone of that woman. So are you using the free ChatGPT or are you using some other payment? I've used Jasper. Honestly, I canceled Jasper. I canceled it. I was paying before AI, ChatGPT, and I just canceled it. I was like, why well, am I paying $60 a month for this? I canceled it. And I have Descript.com. I think I'm going to cancel that. I found a free one that it's like a plugin on Chrome now that does a transcript for me because I, I use Descript for podcasts that makes the editing, but I'm finding free ones and I'm just canceling all the paid ones. I had like two or three paid ones. I'm just canceling them. I think it's going to all be free. So I, I think the future, you know, like I'm scaring my team a little bit because I have a lot of online. My team is like online a lot in the Philippines. I'm not trying to scare them, but I'm saying like the way I see it, the value will be the origin of creativity. The origin of thought is the value. I think people that cannot have an original thought will need to work for people that have original thought. If you cannot think for yourself creatively, then you're going to need to be employed by someone that can work creatively, and then you will be supporting that creative worker by talking to different AIs for different models. So I tell my team, I said, I don't think you're gonna maybe all get cut off, maybe some of you will get redundant, but I say the ones that are good are gonna be able to talk to the AI for their job and just moderate and you know customize. I said, don't just exactly do what the AI gives you, but if you look at the, the it's called prompt engineering. Prompt engineering. That's going to be probably what my kids should learn. They're downstairs. They're like six and eight. They're going to learn how to talk to an AI. You got to learn how to talk to it. And you got to tell it clearly what you want. And actually, for like so many years, I even have a course about working with VAs. You have to, like, probably you teach, you got to give clear requirements. I work online for 10 more years. My team thanks me because I write very clear documentation and requirements. Same for AI. Actually, I'm taking the similar specs I give to a human, I give to the AI. So you have to be able to write clear requests in the way that the AI or the other human can get it. And I've been rapidly trying to, to get IP, get brands. And I don't care if they're established brands or not. I'm trying to get ones that are already registered in USPTO. I'm trying to get ones that have that pre-AI established date. I think stuff that exists before the AI will have a higher value than stuff after the AI, in my opinion, because you have that a little bit of an advantage of 
existence. I think future I can create a whole brand and product line without much work at all. And I think AIs will mostly be white hat AI like Google, but there will be black hat AI that will do bad stuff that will not respect IP and copyright and that people will have those models and will be able to do bad things with them. Yes? Do you believe that the plans which are created with AI will necessarily always be valued lesser than the ones that are created? It's not about valued less, it's just, you know, my, my son was talking to me today about he wants a tree that gets money. And then I said, but if money is abundant and everywhere, it's not valuable. I mean, that's what the Fed, were, you know, that's what the governments are just killing money with inflation. But so if it's the same, it's supply and demand. It's like I, I do a lot of NFT collecting. There's OG collections and there's sort of collections that are older or more valuable. General, of course, all things equal are usually more valuable just because they existed before. They existed, they were in the first set. So again, I might be totally wrong I and mean, we don't know where stuff's going, but I just believe things will be just so easy to, to be created in the future that things that existed before it was easy will be treated more valuably and maybe respected in the AI models. But I'm saying, as I was just saying with the black hat and the white hat AIs, you know, like we're not gonna be able to copy IP with a white hat AI, meaning they respect copyrights and they respect trademarks. So it's all about brand. It's all about, it's probably a little bit more weird that it matters before and after AI but it's more about having properly registered brand, properly registered copyrights to go into the model of the AI so that they don't copy what you have. Like I see a world where they just pay royalties to brand owners. Like, you know, it's Galbraith Brothers and stuff. Like I don't think I'm gonna have to buy it from China, ship it, all this crap I just talked about. They're not gonna have to do all that. It's just gonna be like printed on demand from like Amazon's US facility, and then I'll just get a royalty for that sale, similar to like a Kindle book. I think physical products will be printed just like digital products. Mm -hmm. And the value will be paid back to the original P creator. And the job of the brand is to create content. I have a whole presentation about content is food and content is, is branding. You know, I've seen this WhatsApp group, you know, TikTok videos and educating your customer. I mean, that's what we always say, but sellers say, I don't have time. But I think that's all that sellers and brand owners should be doing in the future is just creating content. Educating content, educating and engaging. But maybe I'm a little bit weird about the pre and the post AI, but I feel like it might be like the OG kind of thing. Like original gangster, it basically means you were existing before this renaissance. Like, I, maybe I'm all hyped, but I watch these crazy videos of these people doing AI, and they, they, they say, like, if I'm 20 years old now, drop everything and just study all AI. It's like more than the typewriter, it's more than the newspaper, it's more than the internet, because it's just exponential on everything. The thought, you'll be able to think something, and it will be able to be created. There's gonna be like lower and lower barrier to creating something. So, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it just makes me feel more and more about the, you know, the, you know, the crystal ball. Crystal ball is like the, the values of IP. 
and we can just exponentially create. So the main one is it's kind of taking over. It's called ChatGPT, which is a hard, but it's it's easier as chat.openai.com. And that one's actually they're starting to charge forty-two dollars a month now, but there is a free, still mostly a free. But they say if you want priority access to their AI, you have to pay forty-two dollars a month. But then there's yeah, Jasper AI I used for like over a year. That this for writers, and then future futurepedia.io is a good one, which is a directory of AI models or tools. There's, but it's basically being, a lot of it's getting integrated into what we already use, like Notion, a lot of you use Notion. Notion's starting to add AI into their own product. So you can put in like a title, and then it can even give you a better title, it'll start to write out. So AI is getting integrated into all of our tools as we go, but yeah, ChatGPT. It's a hard, it's a stupid name. They they really fucked. <laughs> uh, they really fucked up. I don't know why they had the most yeah. hardest name to. Re I, I was even saying it wrong and typing it wrong for a while. I don't know why they. Could that be used for searching keywords? Yeah. So you know some. So here's like one way I made. So Excalibur Brothers. I'm trying to make some social media content. So I said, give me ten different ways humans lived in the medieval times versus now. And it spits out 10. And then I say, as a medieval king, write a notice about why your subjects or why people didn't want, like point one was people didn't take a shower or a bath. They sponged, they sponged, cleaned themselves with like a wet cloth, right? So that sounds weird to us, but that's how they, in the medieval Europe, cleaned themselves. So I said, can you please explain to us why they did that? And he's like, so then I'm going to make that into like a social media post. And I'll have like a header, like ask the king, mm -hmm. right? And then it will show a picture, which I can get from Midjourney is another one for, for, for design, Midjourney. So Midjourney and ChatGPT are the kind of top two. ChatGPT is for text, Midjourney is for, for, for graphics. It's actually not that easy to use, honestly. You use Discord. And you got a kind of really, I've gone, I've gone down a rabbit hole. I've, I've gotten Google Sheets, and there's huge Google Sheets templates I've gotten that gives you like all these different kind of ways you can talk to the AI. But uh, there's also midway.mm, midway, there's lies. It's, it's all still so new, it's overwhelming. I bought Logic uh, AI, and that will do your, you put your keywords in with your description and your, and your There's a O-C-O-Y-A.com. And there, that one you can get, at least last week I got a lifetime on AppSumo for it. It was $60 one time for lifetime of Okoya. Okoya actually does Amazon descriptions as a template. So you put in, the comp product name and you, not a description, but a dis you talk about the product and it will spit out five or six variations of the product description for Amazon. Okoya. But basically there's more and more of these tools and there's, there's gonna become more. There's gonna become more. There's gonna be so many more. So the point is, 
you have input and output. Like almost one of my favorite co college classes was thermodynamics because there's input and output. I like that. You, you kind of have these puzzles and you have what comes in, what comes out. So you basically have to learn how to give it an input or a prompt and it will give you output. Question? I mean, I think it exists. I haven't had time to learn it. Email replies. Some people are using it for email reply. It reads your Gmail and it even could even preemptively give you a response to that email. What's the code? See, I'm, 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 man, I, I have this long like Google Doc where I'm just dumping. T mostly, I'm learning this on Twitter, and it's a plugin on Gmail. Yeah. But I'm sure if you Googled it. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't. I don't know. I mean, I haven't gotten into learning it yet. Yeah, there's just so many right now. It's like even even Google had this for like one or two years years now already, where they auto expand or finish your sentences. Like you begin to type yeah. a sentence, and then I mean, it's not writing the complete text for you, but like yeah. I don't know why I thought I had. But yeah, replying to email or even sorting email would be cool. I mean, Google does that with the, with the promotions and the spam. And I know there's filters, but it could just almost tell me this is an important email I should, because I'm not always looking at my email. I don't want to always look at my email. And I have people to help me with my email, like human people, but they're not also fast enough. Honestly, sometimes they don't even categorize it correctly. I think like an AI would be better to see what's actually urgent, like a bill's not paid, I forgot about a phone call with somebody. I think the stuff's going to be smart enough to just be like my assistant says, Mike, you re this email is really important. You got to, you know, because most, I don't want to be distracted by chats and emails. I try to just batch my email, but then I'm also paranoid I'm going to miss something that might be important. So if this AI could just, that's what, this Elon Musk, one of his projects is Neuro, Neuralink. And Neuralink is supposedly like that. But we should do some more. I mean, I guess it's been kind of interactive, but I think that's most of my, my presentation. And thank you to our sponsor, our returning sponsor, Mercury.com, online bank. Well, it's a real bank, but you can do it totally online for US. Our Blimp program participants are going through this as well. Thank you, Mercury. Travis is great there. He's been on our show. He's been in our events. We're gonna have another event where we will have them attending as well. And if you want to get a little bonus for you and us, if you sign up and do some special circumstances you can go to globalformation.com slash mercury i also have a video tutorial that we use even for the blimp people I use the same exact video to learn how to use it i hope you can check it out totally free why not see you there you know i'm sitting here on the video i prefer audio and i think still most are watching this i hope it was valuable that was recorded by video but mostly audio could get from that anyways i am just just trying to push our limits you know i'm going to be 42 years old in less than a month. April 2nd. It's insane what's been happening the last few years. But we survived, you know, like we talked about in that sessions. And if you survive the hard times, you thrive in the future, in the in the good times. You know, there's cycles, there's there's hardships, you know, bear markets or, or natural disasters, catastrophes, I would say it's the last <laughs> and you know, we're we're coming back 
10x global from Asia is really growing. You know, we're working close with Amazon Global Selling here in Singapore. I'm going to be going there in a week to speak in there. I'll try my best. I don't know if I can promise to record it, but I will always try to record if I can. And we have the Canton Fair trip, we're going to Japan with Gary Huang, be there. There's just so much amazing things happening. Thanks for being part of it. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, review, tell your friends, whatever you can do, whatever app you got this going on would be appreciated. Appreciate everything. And this is the long term, 10 years almost doing this. Thanks again for watching. Have a great day. Keep on making every day, make small little progress and you'll have an empire for sure. Just takes time. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.